into the contest. It is Monday, the 4th of April. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. Shane Lee, uh, you had lunch with Lee on Friday. Tell me about it. It was fantastic, Timmy. It was uh, awesome lunch with Mark Coyne, the rugby league legend, uh, and Kirk Pengilly from In Excess. I also had on the show a guy called Colin Keating, who is the CEO of a pharmaceuticals business that are focusing on psychedelics. Um, Kirk Pengilly <laughs> admitted that he doesn't mind psychedelics himself, but this is for the treatment of um, depression and um, PTSD uh, and chronic pain. So it was a really, really good chat around that, particularly with what footballers are going through with their head injuries um, and some of the depression in and around uh, the musicians who have been out of work for the last couple of years. So a really interesting chat overall. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Been a difficult couple of years. I look forward to that lunch with Lee. It is a must-listen podcast, as is Afternoon Sport. We've got a huge show today. Elisa Healy, boy, oh boy, she played well. Ash Barty on the golf course now, just extraordinary. And what about those Sydney Roosters, the mighty red, white and Bluesters? John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. It really was a masterclass from start to finish for the Australian women's cricket team. And Elisa Healy at the, the top of the pile, what, what, a, what a World Cup victory. How dominant were they right throughout? Right throughout, Tim. And uh, look, it's very rarely that a uh, whole uh, World Cup campaign goes so well. Uh, Matthew Mott, you should be very, very proud, the, the coach of the women's team and what a great job he's done. But the girls, particularly Alyssa Healy, to, to score 170 of 138 balls in the final to take Australia to 356 for five wickets after their 50 overs um, was just an absolute masterclass. As you mentioned, Tim, she she's now the number one um, high score in both men or women, um, high score in a World Cup. She uh, scored more runs than any other female uh, in a World Cup campaign. Uh, she's just an absolute superstar. And she's also the first person, both men or women, to score 100 in both a semi-final and a final in a World Cup. So congratulations to the to the girls for winning. They won by 71 runs in the end. But congratulations to Alyssa Healy, man of the match, or I should say person of the match, uh, with 170 of 138 balls. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's interesting. They've had different players of the match throughout the course of the World Cup. We touched on it the other day, but Meg Lanning played well. Rachel Haynes played well. Elise Perry played well. The young, young girls played well. They really, really dominated across the whole game. So well done to the Australian women's cricket team. Quite extraordinary. Now, Ash Barty, of course, um, has hung up the tennis racket, but uh, uh, she's a good golfer. She's a good cricketer. And uh, she won the local tournament for women at Brookwater, her home course on the weekend. She did. She plays off four. She was in a field of only five other women. 
But of course, that's Barty one. That's what she does. Look, she took home a big thirty dollars, Tim, mm. um, to add to her thirty-one million dollars in prize money. <laughs> but thirty dollars, I'm, I'm sure she's not playing for that reason. But uh, yeah, once again, she's just a superstar, isn't she? She's a um, she's a winner, no matter what she plays. Yeah, playing off four, yeah, unbelievable. Now, Boris Becker. Look, I loved watching Boom Boom play tennis. He was very much our era, wasn't he? As as you and I were growing up, uh, he was sort of our age and, and playing amazing tennis but it's it's all gone south it's gone very south he's uh he's had to file for bankruptcy and they're actually also chasing some of his trophies that he hasn't he said he can't find which is i find a bit strange um but to go with a lot lot of the the housing assets that they've recouped uh they're still uh in search of two of his three wimbledon trophies they're after his gold medal that he won in 1992 and are after all of his australian open Trophies from 1991 to 1996. So, yeah, he said that he wished. Might be, those trophies might be in that cupboard he got caught in. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the first place you'd look, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious me. Yeah, we yeah. shouldn't laugh. Uh, that does bring back some memories. Now, Ben Simmons, um, he's, he's dropped this uh, $27 million bombshell. Uh, he's going to chase that money. You remember it was week after week after week after week. He was losing this inordinate amount of money because he was sitting on the sideline. Now he is going to chase it legally to try and get that money back from Philadelphia. Yeah, so $27 million was the total amount of money. I think he's going to try and chase around $20 million of that, saying that it was legally mm. withheld um, due to his mental health uh, struggles at the time. So that that's now going to be in the courts and... Uh, uh, like any court proceedings, mate, that could take years. Yeah, it was always going to happen, though. Like, I mean, yep. Who's just going to wash that kind of money down the river and not try and get some of it back? Uh, now, Will Smith and Chris Rock offered $40 million for a real fight in the ring. Jake Paul, the YouTuber, is, wants to put this fight together. And, yeah, as you said, offering $40 million to get these two in the ring. Uh, there's no chance of this happening. But, uh, once again, Jake Paul, a great marketer. Talk about a snap, eh? Uh, talk about Will Smith. You, you, sometimes you do one thing and it can just bring the cards down. It was an extraordinary moment, wasn't it, uh, the other day at the Academy Awards. Now stay with us because we'll be talking AFL, NRL and much more next. They just keep growing, don't they, Shane? Mate, I watched this match, Timmy. It was an absolute ball terror. Uh, Carlton winning by one point over the Hawks. Uh, Carlton had a 41-point lead uh, close to half time, And then the Hawks came flying back uh, with around 40 unanswered points. Uh, but it was just, in the end, the Blues were too good in the air. Um, they got some big guys, Harry Mackay, Charlie Curnow and Patrick Cripps all dominating the air, particularly in the first half of the match. And it was uh, Jack Silvani, um, the very, very uh, well-known Silvani name from Carlton, uh, sealed the deal with a, a really clever kick on a big angle to get the points right towards the end and to get the one-point win. So Carlton now 3-0, and zero, which is the first time in a long time. And, uh, of course, Pendlebury made that uh, cheeky remark about uh, Patrick Dangerfield. Um, now, they're, they're really clamping down, aren't they, the umpires on, on chit-chat? This was interesting to see. Yeah, it was interesting to see. It was the way that Pendlebury did it, I thought it was quite clever. He just asked whether um, Patrick Dangerfield was um, 
was staging. And by that he means is he exaggerating the contact. And we know that anything that comes in contact with the head, there's going to be a penalty. Um, and Dangerfield, was he overacting when he was hit? Uh, the way the penalty asked it, and, and the referee answered the question really well too. He just said, I'll leave that till Monday night when it goes to the judiciary. So, um, yeah, a little bit of gamesmanship from both sides. I, I don't mind a player asking in the right manner, uh, particularly if he thinks that the other player is doing something illegal. It's a fine line though, isn't it? Uh, when, when players start getting into conversations like that, it's a very fine line. So, uh, yeah, we'll watch this space with interest anyway. Uh, the Roosters, they, they, you could tell they lost last week, didn't they? They just roared back into it. Now, they were under strength, the Cowboys, but they played so well, I thought. I, Luke Keery was very good, as was, uh, you know, so many of their back forwards. Yeah, twenty-eight to four over the Cowboys, and uh, and they look dominant. They they seem to be sort of clicking week in and week out, um, off and on. I think the Roosters, but uh, hopefully, I think with their, their new lineup, as you said, the two halves there, uh, really gelling now. That uh, you'll see them go from strength to strength. Canterbury and the Dragons both awful, weren't they? Really? Oh, my my drag. Yeah, Can- Canterbury. We, we predicted this at the start of the season, Tim. That we thought. Um, Trent Barrett would be out of a job come around round six. Uh, it is looking that way. They, they didn't look, look in the game at all, nor did the Dragons, losing 48 to 14 um, to the pretty dominant Parramatta Eels, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of pressure on lots of coaches and football staff when you think of uh, the Bulldogs because, you know, Phil Gould's gone over there. And uh, it, it's, it's, no, it's no easy thing, is it, just to turn things around. Uh, no matter what players you bring in, you've got to get them to assimilate. You've got to get the balance. And, um, you know, not everyone's Craig Bellamy. Uh, no. You know what I mean? Well, no. And, uh, and another little prediction we made too, Timmy, at the start of the season, that uh, Ponga may end up being signed by uh, the Dolphins. And I believe Bennett was in town to have a secret meeting with him on the weekend. So uh, watch that space, mate. Yeah, well, he's building slowly, isn't he? Uh, Wayne Bennett, the Clint Eastwood of Rugby League. Um, <laughs> now, what about this, you know, Payne Haas? He, he really needs to go to the room of mirrors and have a look at himself or get someone to talk to him. Something needs to happen. This dust-up with Albert Kelly um, at, at Brisbane, he just seems to be getting into trouble all the time, Payne Haas. He's such a talented player playing in a side which is wobbling and has continued to wobble, and these things are only you know, going to make things worse. Well, Haas is about to potentially sign a new deal with the Broncos worth a million dollars, and this won't go down well. We know that he was uh, set aside for an incident last year for a couple of weeks um, uh, when he uh, was abusive towards the police. Um, he was never charged for that, but he was reprimanded severely by the Broncos. It's, I agree, Tim. This guy has got a seriously lot of talent. He's going to play a lot of origin football as well and he doesn't need to be having these altercations particularly with a teammate now the teammate Albert Kelly did grab him around the throat if you watch the video um, and he sort of slaps him and pushes him away but uh, yeah the, the Broncos I think it's uh, even though they started the season those first couple of games pretty well I think they're going to implode towards the end of this season yeah well, they weren't very good on the weekend again no. um, so they started Started well, and a lot of us were thinking, oh, here we go. They're full of confidence, but, yeah, they've really started to wobble badly. Someone that didn't, or a team that didn't, the Sydney Roosters women's team in the NRLW, what a win that was. And I know that uh, my son Joey, he loves the Roosters and follows everything they do, as does Craig Hodges, the man behind these podcasts, our colleague. Um, And they were very good. He loves the Roosters, both the men and the women, Hodjo. So, um, look, unlike the men uh, uh, in the Broncos, the women's 
Broncos team are the dominant team they have been for a number of years, and they should have waltzed into the into the grand final. They're up sixteen nil versus uh, the Roosters NRLW team, and then the Roosters had twenty two unanswered points to win the match twenty two sixteen, and so the Roosters go into the grand final, and the Broncos are out after a, maybe you know just taking a little bit too easy on the um, on their opposition. Yeah, and the Roosters only got in uh, last week because uh, one game went a certain way. Yeah. They were really teetering on the edge. So it was an extraordinary performance. Now, the Australian men's soccer team, the Socceroos, now they've got a, they've got a difficult path to get to the World Cup. They've got to, they've got to beat Saudi Arabia in June. They've got to then beat Peru. Uh, but when they actually get there, if they get there, it's another pool of death, so to speak, at the World Cup finals. <laughs> There's not much good news coming out for our Ooh. soccer boys, is there? Um, look, I don't think they will get there, Tim. But if they do, they take on France and Denmark in um, the group stage. And uh, yeah, you've, you, you, your Buckley's and. You know, the other one, <laughs> winning, beating those two teams. Oh, yeah, they'll find it very difficult. Yeah, Daniel Ricciardo, did you see that story? where he, It's come out now that it's a couple of years ago where he's rejected this extraordinary figure, a stratospheric uh, offer. Uh, and, you know, it's now uh, with the hindsight of 2020 vision being looked at as a bad move. Well, yeah, potentially financially that uh, Red Bull wanted to keep him uh within their ranks, um, but he could see that Max Verstappen was the, the young, talented guy coming through and he didn't want to play second fiddle to him. We all know that he went to Renault and then now he uh, didn't work out at Renault at all and now he's at McLaren. So uh, neither of his moves have been uh, that great for him. Uh, he's never going to have the same success or the same machinery that, that he had at Red Bull. So, yeah, in hindsight, not a great move from Daniel Ricciardo. Mm. I had a rare Sunday lunch yesterday, and it was a Ooh. it was a terrific. Yeah, I know it was a terrific. Doesn't happen often, but it was out at Inglis because the Easter sales are on uh, from yep. tomorrow, and uh, the lunch was to you know in you know to raise funds for the Ingham Institute, and of course the Ingham name so famous in horse racing. Uh, with Bob and Jack and, you know, the kids now. Debbie Kapitas, of course, was a part owner of Winx. But, yeah, it was a fantastic lunch. And and, and at the lunch they said that there's a new race being named. uh, Well, it's an old race, the Villiers, being renamed the Ingham in December. $2 million race. So um, congratulations to everyone yesterday. A whole heap of money was raised. Yeah, well done. And, um, yeah, they, they are generous people, the people in horse racing. All right, wrapping it up today, we mentioned Ash Barty earlier and her feats on the golf course. It's post-retirement. Now, you've got a post-retirement story yourself. I I definitely do, Tim. And this was uh, just after I finished retiring from cricket. Two good mates of mine, a guy called Ben Ellis and Jason Walter, uh, two good Queenslanders, they uh, asked me to come down and play a game of cricket in the park in Centennial Park on one Saturday, and I didn't really want to do it. Um, they said they had, they've had this annual Ashes tournament against some pommy blokes, uh, and they'll sneak me in underneath a helmet. Um, they said, don't worry, they won't know who you are. And I, as I went out to bat, the pommy guys didn't say a word, and as I chipped the first ball that I faced to mid-wicket to get out for a duck, <laughs> and I took my helmet off, these pommy guys knew exactly who I was, and they gave it to me, um, <laughs> which is very, very embarrassing, out for a duck. That's why you don't go back and play these games after you retire. Um, but uh, the boys lost, the Aussie boys lost, the Ashes, which they burnt some bales many years before to try and replicate the real Ashes series. And we went down to the pub um, down the Oaks at Double Bay and then the Aussie boys grabbed the Ashes and threw it on the ground and stomped on it and walked out. I went, I'm never playing this shit again. <laughs> yeah, well, if you ever needed a reinforcement that you made the right decision. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Our sponsors, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. And our great producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with a daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.